This is the World in Brief from the Economist. Our top stories. The UN's nuclear watchdog said it had observed no visible indications of mines or explosives in recent weeks at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine, but it wants greater access to confirm their absence. Earlier, Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, claimed Russia had placed objects resembling explosives on the roofs of the buildings at the plant, Europe's biggest. Russia seized control of it in February 2022. Almost all rate-setters at the Federal Reserve foresee more tightening in 2023, according to minutes released on Wednesday from their mid-June meeting. Last month, America's central bank kept rates unchanged in a range of 5 to 5.25 percent. Twelve of the 18 policymakers have said that they expect at least two more increases this year. The Fed's next meeting is in late July. Germany will return to fiscal normality in 2024, according to Christian Lindner, the finance minister, ending three years of hefty public spending to cushion the economic blow of the pandemic and later the war in Ukraine. Germany aims to spend 446 billion euros, or $484 billion next year, down from 476 billion euros this year. The country will also take on 16.6 billion euros of debt, compared with 45.6 billion euros this year. Hong Kong's police arrested four men for allegedly violating the city's national security law. The men, who were not identified, are accused of raising money to support dissidents abroad and of posting seditious content online. On Monday, Hong Kong offered a reward for information leading to the arrest of eight pro-democracy activists now in the West. Thousands of people gathered in Jenin for a funeral procession for 12 Palestinians killed during Israel's two-day military operation, its largest incursion on the West Bank in over 20 years. Crowds refused to let senior Palestinian officials attend out of anger at their perceived inaction. Israel withdrew its forces on Wednesday. One soldier was killed in the operation. Russia's revenues from oil and gas fell by 47% to 3.4 trillion rubles, or $37.5 billion, in the first half of 2023 compared with the same period in 2022, flattened by Western sanctions and the closure of the Nord Stream gas pipelines to Europe. In June, according to the Ministry of Finance, they declined by 26% year-on-year. Energy revenues are vital for funding Russia's war in Ukraine. Producer price annual inflation in the eurozone contracted for the first time since December 2020, according to the EU Statistics Office. Factory gate prices in May were down 1.5% year-on-year, driven by falling energy prices. Analysts had forecast a 1.3% drop. The decline suggests that price pressures on businesses and households may be easing. And figure of the day, 10,000, the number of fixed-wing drones Ukraine loses per month. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. As Twitter unravels, Meta launches threads. Elon Musk's eight months in charge of Twitter have been turbulent. He began by firing 80% of the staff. Analysts forecast that by the end of the year, he will have lost 4% of Twitter's users and 28% of its advertising revenue. Rival social apps such as Mastodon, and Truth Social have briefly flared, then fizzled, allowing Twitter to burn on. On Thursday, Meta, Mark Zuckerberg's social media empire, will release Threads, 
its attempt to capitalize on Twitter's travails. Launching a new social network is notoriously hard, but Threads has a head start. Meta is practiced at cloning its rivals. Instagram stories copied from Snapchat and Reels imitates TikTok. Users can sign into Threads with their Instagram account, something 87% of Twitter users already have. And Twitter's paywall, introduced on July 1st, may just give them the shove they need to fly the nest. OPEC's Simmering Frustrations On Thursday, the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, which together with allies produces 40% of the world's oil, concludes a two-day event in Vienna. Ministers and oil industry bigwigs are discussing the path towards a sustainable and inclusive energy transition. The meeting itself could be more inclusive. Last week, media organizations, including Reuters and Bloomberg, had their invitations rescinded. Austria's foreign minister canceled his keynote speech to take a stand for press freedom. Rumor has it that OPEC's decision was initiated by Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman, the Saudi energy minister, who is frustrated by the cartel's failed attempts to lift oil prices. Its members and allies are now withholding more than 5 million barrels per day, or 1.5% of global supply. Yet the price remains stuck well below $80 a barrel, which Saudi Arabia requires to balance its books as it pursues a flurry of mega-projects, including a 170-kilometer-long linear city and a desert ski resort. The state of affairs is hardly sustainable. A Tech Fest to Help Humanity On Thursday, the International Telecommunication Union, an agency of the United Nations, will open its seventh AI for Good Global Summit, one of the UN's biggest technology conferences. Over two days, the event in Geneva will welcome 3,000 participants, more than 100 speakers and 50 robots, including several humanoid androids such as Grace and Desdemona, a healthcare and rock star robot, respectively. Yet the Tech Fest is not designed to spruce up the image of an age-old intergovernmental bureaucracy. The ITU was founded in 1865. The aim is to help, quote, ensure that AI can be a powerful catalyst for progress in our race to rescue the SDGs, in the words of Doreen Bogdan-Martin, the agency's secretary-general, referring to the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. Panels will discuss how AI can support farmers and improve teaching in schools, so that AI may help to close and not further widen the digital divide between rich and developing countries. Casey DeSantis Woos Iowa's Mamas When Ron DeSantis was running for a second term as Florida's governor last year, his wife Casey launched Mamas for DeSantis. The campaign aimed to garner support for Mr. DeSantis's education policies and remind voters that the state was helmed by a youthful family man with three children. More than a million parents signed on. On Thursday in Iowa, Mrs. DeSantis will unveil the next installment of Mamas for DeSantis, 
this time to get mothers and grandmothers behind her husband's 2024 presidential run. Florida's first lady is unusually active in her husband's career. Warm and telegenic, she is credited with making the awkward Mr. DeSantis more likable and is his close political advisor. She will appear in Iowa without her husband, her first solo event in the heavily Christian state, which may be receptive to her family-first messaging. But she has her work cut out. The decidedly less wholesome Donald Trump remains the preferred candidate among 40% of Republican women nationally, according to a recent Fox News poll. Louis Armstrong's Wonderful World When Louis Armstrong was 11 years old, growing up in a poor area of New Orleans, he fired a pistol in the air on New Year's Eve in 1911. The crime landed him in juvenile detention for 18 months. In that time, Armstrong took cornet lessons behind bars and joined the Reform School's Brass Band. A new center dedicated to the extraordinary career that followed opens in New York on Thursday. The Louis Armstrong Center is situated opposite the modest brownstone in Corona, Queens, where Armstrong and his wife lived from 1943 until his death in 1971, which has long been a museum. The center has a performance venue, multimedia exhibition center, and a 60,000-piece archive of the gravelly-voiced musician, which includes original recordings, scrapbooks, 14 mouthpieces, and five trumpets. Fittingly, for a man who delighted in returning to his beloved home in Corona, his own wonderful world, and playing impromptu concerts from his stoop, the center will offer free trumpet lessons to local children. Queens's next Satchmo may yet emerge. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Thursday. Which tennis champion was stabbed in the back in 1993 by an obsessed fan or rival? Steffi Graf. Wednesday. Which animated children's TV character is the cousin of Dora the Explorer? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Frida Kahlo, who was born on this day in 1907. Nothing is worth more than laughter. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.